And what I want to actually do is to share one brief thing to, to, to almost like a save the date. Um, let's do a quick looking forward. So let me just hit this real quick. So looking forward, family, here's what we're thinking. We're, we've been trusting the Lord. I was, I was so excited to see what God has done. Uh, here's what we trust the Lord for uh, the next year. Um, by the end of next year, we're like 80 people in discipleship relationships. What we've seen uh, in our time here, uh, when, when our, our, one of our great patriarchs, the great Nathan, was with us, I'm just kidding, in my house, uh, in the living room on Rose and uh, Neil and Rose, uh, we were right, we had seven people and then three left and then we were at four. And so church growth was kind of like the wrong way. And then, uh, the Lord was really, really gracious to us. It was about 18. And, and then, uh, this current year, uh, we've gone from 18 to 40, uh, in being discipled. And what I say there is, I mean, you know, some of you guys are not in discipleship relationships at Mac Ave. You're walking with the Lord. You're enjoying the gospel. Um, but what we do know with these 40 is I, we know that they are taking intentional steps of being trained in what does it mean to walk, communicate, and multiply their faith. And that's what really excites us is when we don't just have people coming to church but actually individuals who are being challenged on every spectrum of what it looks like to holistically live out um, their mandate uh, to serve Jesus. So we have about 40 now, which is really exciting. And just trust the Lord, by the end of the year, uh, 80 individuals would, um, we would have in our community, what I love about this, in our community, 80 individuals and a lot from our community, praise God, who are meeting one-on-one with someone, either bi-weekly or weekly, uh, whatever the schedule demands, and really desire to, to seek the Lord and to grow in Christ. Um, our beautiful sister getting ready to get the food ready for us. Praise God. And uh, thank you, sister. Um, so just, I just want to encourage us, because some of you guys, um, and, I, and again, just you, we want you to experience the Lord. We want you to take time and just experience community and trust what the God is doing. You know, we got people like, you know, my sister Vanessa thought we was kind of crazy for a while. And as she continued to connect with us, realized these people love the Lord and wanted to plug in. Now she's um, in a discipleship relationship. She's in a mad group. And she's one of our um, one of our future leaders in this community. She's already a leader in the community, but what's cool is she'll be a leader in Mac Avenue community. And I'm excited because she loves the Lord and we have a, uh, a lot to learn from her. So there's people like uh, the Vanessa's in the room right now who are, who are on that lily pad, still trying to check things out. And then you want to take the next step like a Renee. And so I just want to encourage you to do so. I want to encourage you, if you're... Um, what, you know, meeting with people and being loved on by some of our crazy crew like the Crawfords have everybody with a heartbeat over from, from meals and, you know, and if you, if you're experiencing that, I'm telling you, it's not fake. Like, like God is doing something in this body and I just want to encourage you, um, <clears throat> that there is a, there's a different pro- there's a process of biblical change that I want to talk about. So that's what we're trusting the Lord for. It's 80 people in discipleship uh, relationships. Continue on, please. Uh, ten Mac groups in our community. Uh, so basically, right now, <clears throat> our Mac groups are just a brief description. Are groups of like four families or about eight people, eight to ten people who meet together weekly. Uh, and usually, what we do is we discuss the sermon that we talked about on Sunday. We have a meal together uh, and we we break bread. We have communion together, pray for each other, and just do life. And I'm telling you, this is fun. Uh, it's a great time uh, to connect with individuals uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, with the, about the Lord, and sometimes you're going through books. I mean, you can. It's about gospel-centered living in our Mac groups, and um, so we're really excited about that. We're right now we have about five Mac groups, uh, and that's growing. And so we're trusting more for ten uh, by the end of the year. 
and the discipleship retreat. You can put that down. In the spring, we want to have a discipleship retreat, a time where we're going to share what discipleship is, why we do it, how we do it, just the nuts and bolts of it. But not only just like being discipled, but also for you who are discipling, helping continually training our people and to making sure that we're being faithful as we walk with the Lord and try to pour in other people. Um, Website redesign. Obviously, we're excited about the Gospel Center uh, training site that we'll have coming up. Um, and then missions. Now, here's something that we need some help with. OK, um, so a, a dear friend of ours uh, left and was handling missions. And, and we got a lot of people who are missional mind in this community. And now what I'm talking about is seeing the gospel uh, reach to the uttermost parts of the world, uh, not just uh, in our community, but in the suburban areas. Uh, moving a little forward to maybe neighboring countries, Mexico, moving forward further. Our heart is that we will be um, continually partnering, um, training individuals, uh, planning churches. Uh, specifically here, uh, we want to have a partner near our border, so maybe Mexico. And if you're listening to this and you know of a mission group uh, that's gospel-centered, that's serious about the Lord, uh, maybe you might want to talk to us so that we can connect with them. So what I'm trusting the Lord for is out of our group, uh, to have a missions team of people from our body uh, who can who can who say, hey, I want to help with the process of making sure that we are um, going out um, even outside our community. So if that's something you've been interested in. Please uh, sign uh, a, a sign up sheet out back and, and write your name down, because we are very serious about making sure that we're not just simply. Um, which is very important, uh, serving in our community. So partnering near our border, we're partnering in an area where the gospel is not being preached. Uh, so that's somewhere, obviously, maybe um, uh, overseas, northern Africa, you know, uh, southern Asia, you think of it. Serving in a neighbor, neighboring suburb. A dream is that just for our people. I would love for our people in our city to realize that, yeah, you can add value to neighboring suburbs. And uh, that we can go out to neighboring suburbs and share the gospel. And we're not always the recipient of missions in this community. And I think it'll be huge. It'll build dignity and a whole slew of other things. Uh, planting churches around Detroit to fulfill Christ's mission. Again, our hearts here, family, and let's not get it twisted, is not about just trying to get big. We will not be a thousand-member church. Um, when we, if we get big, we will send people and plant another church uh, because our heart is about influencing uh, for God's glory and making sure that we are just infiltrating pockets where Satan thinks he's one. Uh, and so, so we will always be about planning and sending, planning and sending. Uh, and so I hope we don't get too comfortable uh, in our deal. So our dream is that every person in that group serve together in missions um, outside the community. Our heart is that all of us uh, will, have a, will do a mission trip annually uh, to continue to, to stretch and, and exercise that, that spiritual muscle of being uh, a missional uh, believer. So, so with that said, the, the key thing to take away from there is that we need help. Uh, and that would love if anyone's thinking through how do we continually help Mac Ave move from the next step uh, to the next stage where the Lord wants us. Uh, please help us out with that. OK, Senor, please. There's a, uh, one, a few more things. I want to continue. I want to flow through that. Just go, go past that because that'll be in your notebooks. Um, here's what I want to talk about real quick. Um, I feel like there's um, uh, we ha- I have the attack here. Don't get nervous. Um, w- with all the stuff we're talking about, I think there's some cautions we need to talk about real quick. I don't have a, like a little kind of heart to heart. And that is with us trusting the Lord for these things and seeing God work in our lives. We need to understand that the enemy does not like this. 
He does not like seeing people begin to say, oh, I'm learning more about Jesus and he's becoming, okay, he's my king. And I'm actually, what I do, I'm submitting to him and saying, I live my life now according to what Christ does. Worldview peace. That the grid that I look through life now is not my own grid, but it's Jesus' grid. Uh-oh, that scares Satan. All right, so he wants to fool you and he wants to lie to you and he wants to short circuit what God is doing in your life. So there's an attack. And that's why even some of us, we got to be really, really careful because he lulls us and we sort of don't care. And that's all a trick of the enemy. So here's what I feel it seems to me will be uh, sort of the, uh, the quencher in all of our walks. Here's, here's where Satan will try to attack us. And I think it's the process of biblical change. Um, just understanding what does it mean to grow in Jesus? How do we grow in the Lord? Uh, for us not to be convinced of this and to have humility in this, I think will, will, will really do damage to our body. So I think there's a process of the biblical change that the, that the Bible talks about from, a, from a, the authority of Scripture. And the first thing I want to say is that there's no easy way to sanctification. Is that we're in an environment family um, in, our, in our city, um, in our lives, and I, when I go to different churches, is, is that we, we, want, we want a remedy, we want a quick fix from being ungodly to godly, or having nothing to having something. It, but, but it's always, and we, we want a quick fix, uh, basically narcissism. Like, how, how do best life now? Like, how do I get mine? And we want a quick fix. And I'm saying, you could, there's many quick fixes uh, to self-idol worship, right? You know, getting your bills paid just for you and your nice house, and it's all about you and selfishness. There is quick fixes to that. Satan can hook that up real quick. But to be a man and woman of God, of character, of deep conviction, of a sincere walk, of humility, there is no easy way for that. No easy way. It is hard. It is hard to pursue God in the midst of a world that tells you you're stupid. You need to get yours now. You've got 70 years. For you to say, no, I'm going to grow in character, integrity, honesty, humility, kindness, to have the grace of the fruit of the Spirit be made manifest in my life. That's hard work, family. And if we believe the lies that it's a quick fix, you won't stay here long. Because this ministry is not sexy. It is not a sexy ministry. This is not about you. And I think people find out real quick when they're here. And so I just want to encourage you, but it's, we didn't do that just to be different. That's to see what the Lord has done. He wants us to, he, he, what he does, he makes it not sexy, so you have to at some point say, okay, is it about the cross or me? At some point, when all the bells and whistles are going, okay, so do I love Jesus because of him? Or what he can give me? And, and so that's what the Lord, by his grace, has allowed us to provide here. Is at some point, we're not doing the five steps to happy home cooking and all that stuff. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? We're, 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 we're making you have to wrestle with the scripture. Wrestle with some things that seem so simple, but are a profound faith. Love. Care for your brother. And we can think that it's remedial. But then I think you've already messed up. You've already missed it. Because those things are life-changing. And I think there's a reason why Jesus asks us in every chapter, do you believe? So, so, so here's the process of biblical change. So I got, hear my heart there, guys. I just want to understand there's no easy way to, to this stuff. But here's what has to happen in all of our lives. And I say this because we are discipling people. And, and, and we're a multicultural church. We'll talk about this in a moment. But um, 
it's first it seems that we have to know our neediness, okay? Realize your sin. This is what this is what seems to happen. It seems to me what God has said, this is how you change. Okay? Everybody, this is how we change. You know your neediness. Realize your sin. Like, man, I'm messed up. And you know what? And that's that's a good thing. We're all messed up. So when you realize you messed up, don't think you're in a boat all by yourself. You with billions and billions of other people. Right? So you just enjoying a true party. Okay? So you realize that you're human, basically. And then you submit to Jesus. Now, don't miss this. You submit to Jesus, so realize that true joy in life is found only in Jesus. And we talked about this a little bit. So you, so you submit to Jesus, but then what we do is, it seems like some of us, we stop there. We don't, we don't unpack, what does it mean to submit to Jesus? All right? I didn't say just get baptized or pray a prayer graph. Submit to Jesus. Now, here's where we, can, here's where we sort of fall off a little bit. Continue, please. Okay. So we submit to Jesus, but then we, we don't embrace reality. See, the reality is that we become a Christian and then the Holy Spirit like, indwells us. And now God has made you perfect in him. He's made you fully holy. He's made you his child. And now it's not that, oh, Christianity is that you say yes to Jesus and now you've got to be a good Christian. God is saying you have become a different person. You have become different. That's different. Than trying to beat somebody. You are somebody. Do you see that? So he says, so God has given you, so God has given you everything you need to make changes in your life that will please him and lead to his blessing. Now hear that. He's giving you everything you need to make changes in your life that will please him. You see that? So, so, so I just want us to understand, embrace reality that you have the power in the Holy Spirit to be the man and the woman that God has called you to be. Okay, so that's key. So that means that to, to even embrace that reality, you have to get outside of self, right? Because not about you, to embrace that reality. Continue, please. And then obey God's word. Okay, so, so we embrace that reality, but then we need to obey. And, and this is a hard one for us. Uh, we, what we do is I say, as you continue to obey God's word, biblical change toward maturity will occur in your life. Guaranteed. I guarantee it, family. You obey God's word. You take God and his word. Your life will change. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. But you know the kicker, see, we get, you know what we do? We make up our own Jesus. So we, we, we do the, oh, I'm in sin, I need a savior. We do the Jesus thing, right? And then we don't really embrace the reality. And then we say, well, just doing it his way, that's kind of hard. So what I'll do, I'll make up my own Jesus. And I'll say what I think Jesus might say. And I'll, I'll do what I think Jesus might want me to do versus consulting the scriptures. Or we consult the scriptures and then we don't humble ourselves to be under the tutelage of learning what the scriptures mean. And then we mess up the Bible. Right? And then we start, we're still conjured up on Jesus. But there's something about embracing the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit and obeying God's word. And then continue on, please. Embracing community. And this is where it's important. So say you want to do that. You, want to, you know you're needy. You want to submit to the Holy Spirit. You embrace the reality of who God has made you. You want to obey God's word. But here's the one that we, we kind of miss. Embracing community. This is the scariest one. Getting to a Jesus, it don't even have, hear me family, it doesn't even have to be Mac Ave. You can leave here today and never come back here, but I want to encourage you in this. If you do not put yourself in a Jesus-centered, character-driven community where they want to retrain you in how to think about life, you will never reach your potential as a Christian.
So, I'm, so please hear this now about Macab. Wherever you go, please, please place yourself in a Jesus-centered, character-driven community where people are serious about who you are, where they will press into your life, where they will, they will hold you accountable to be in the scriptures, where they hold you accountable to love your neighbor, where they hold you accountable to sleep with your boyfriend. If you don't, you might manage. You might have a good life in the eyes of the world. You will never be the man or woman God's created you to be. And you will live a life of fakeness. And so we are, so I'm convinced of this. And so I want this is, this is why we're serious about discipleship, that group. Because it's in those environments where people change. So, and change your relational grid. And that's just for my, my, you know, our crew. I grew up in the hood. See, some of us in here who are from our community here, you need to change every friend you got. All your friends file. All right. And you keep trying to be godly with demonic people. And I'm going to tell you that God is so serious about bringing his glory. He wants you to say, no, I'm, I'm running to the cross. Dude, you are not for Jesus. Nothing personal. This is a business. I love him. I got, I'll give it to you later. I'm going to start with the Lord. Maybe I'll minister to you when I get myself right. Some of us need to have radical changes. You keep trying to make chocolate chip cookies with oatmeal. Some of us need to have radical change. Okay? So that's the attack. So if we don't believe this family, if we don't believe it's hard work, you're going to think after a while, this ain't sexy enough. Where my bells and whistles, man? Where my balloons? Where my stuff at? This ain't sexy. Y'all just happy as the heat is heating here today. You know, last week it was cold. You see what I'm saying? So at some point, we need to just say, we got to believe this. We got to know this is hard. The journey's hard. We're fighting together. There's relational drama. We're going to be mad at each other. But let's press in together. Let's commit together and say, it's hard. But we, look what we're trying to do. We're trying to grow and be sanctified in Jesus. It's going to be hard. But we need to know that now. Because you go into it saying, okay, I'll kind of do it, but I want my bells and whistles. I guarantee you, you will not last here. Because this ministry does not stroke you. This is what it is. Or we all drop dead. I got four kids, man. I ain't got time to stroke nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, you need to be down for Jesus, and I don't know what else to tell you. I don't have the energy to write a little this for you, and you know what I'm saying? And the rest of us. You guys are on mission. I think you guys are amazing. So I watch you on mission, and if we start trying to stroke each other, we're going to all burn out. Let's not do it. Just remember, this is hard. It's hard, family, to be sanctified. It really is. Okay, so that's the first thing. So trust, so hear me guys, trust in Christ, trust in Christ for joy and change. So let's talk about change, but change why? Because there's joy. There's joy in, in experiencing the gospel. That's the beauty of it. I love my life. I love being a Christian. I love it. Absolutely love it. I just think it's amazing to me. I don't, the friendships I got, the people that I love, I, just, I feel so bad for people who don't have the intimacy. That I have. I feel so bad for a man, the blessing. Oh, wow. Praise you, Lord. I thank God. So here's the other one. So trust in Christ for joy and change, family. I went over and um, courage and culture. Let me hit this real quick. Courage and culture. 
Colleen gonna kill me. I'm almost done, sis. Thank you so much for the food. Carriage and culture. Now here's this. We got a lot of, you know, we got black folks, white folks, right? We're inner, we're, 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 we're ethnic group of people. We got a bunch of different people in our body, okay? And here's the thing. We're not just coming here and just tolerating each other. We in mat groups together. We discipling one another. There's black folks discipling white people. Young black folks discipling old white people. White people discipling old black people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're just all over the place, right? But I'm going to tell you, if we, don't, if we go into that in a naive fashion, we're going to kill each other. Okay? Because we got cultural baggage. All right? White folks, you got cultural baggage, and we do too. And we need to recognize it. And I was going to bring two of them up real quick, all right? We can keep it real. All right? Just, I feel like, and, and here, I'm just going to say it in general, and you know who you are. Um... There can be a tendency to be extremely timid. Now, if we're trying to have, if we're, if we're trying to disciple and change lives, as we are disciples, we can't afford to be timid. It's not biblical. It's not from the Lord. He said, "Have you given you a spirit of timidity? I've given you a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind." Right. So I didn't call you to be scared to speak into people's lives. If you're scared to speak into someone's life and you're discipling them, they won't change. You will be in a, you'll be an amazing disservice to that person, family. You feel me? So we can have a warped view of humility, and I see this a lot. I see people sitting there with somebody, and a person is talking crazy. I mean, messing up scripture, uh, just, you know, just glorying in sin, and just I'm just keeping it real. And the white person is kind of like, well, what do I do? Kind of scared, you know, like, well, I don't want to, you know, maybe that's just how black people are. Or, I'm, can, can we be honest up in here? Right? You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to, that's just the way they are. I'm some kind of like not saying nothing kind of stupid to me, but don't make sense. Totally against scripture. But I just want to make sure that they think I'm nice. Because, you know, black people had it rough. And, you know, and all this stupid stuff started going through your mind. You, you feeling me? You are not changing that person. You're not helping him. You remember, remember the Titans? Do you ever see that movie? When, when, he, when the white coach is like stroking the black dude, and then Denzel Washington says, well, you call me Big Bad Boom, but at least I'm Big Bad Boom to everybody, right? You're patronizing the black dude. You think you're helping him, but you're not going to help him in the real world. You're not helping the people in our community by stroking them in their sin. So we have to have courage. That takes courage. That doesn't take you getting mad, frustrated. That takes courage to say, even though there's consequences to this, I want to speak it to you like because I love you. I want to tell you, dude, that is just unbiblical. And don't, don't call me a racist. This ain't about white and black. This is about you just wanting to relish in some stuff that's not from the Lord. We've got to have courage, family, because you are our leaders. And our ministry will rise and die on you. That's how we've, that's how we've, that's how we've positioned it. We have placed our ministry in the lives of our people. We have liberated our laity to lead our body so that God might be glorified in this community. And so I'm just praying for my white folks, and I'm talking specifically to you at this stage, to step up when you are mentoring someone who's of another race to not be timid, but to be honest and to know what the Lord says and to graciously come alongside of them and pour into them and let God use you to make them a man or a woman of God. Do life with them. If you don't, it's amazing the service and our ministry will die. But not just, so not wanting to offend, not understanding the culture of person, so that's what's going through your mind. Release those lies. The only reason you can do it is not because you're smarter, 
Not because you got a little more money, but because you have the authority of Christ. Only reason. This is not about anything you have to offer. You have absolutely nothing to offer. It's about you being bought by the blood of Jesus, and you're standing there with the person because you love God. That's it. That's it. Don't get it twisted. It's because of Jesus. Now, I'm a black folks. Now, what I see a lot of times in our community is my young brothers and sisters, and I don't know if it's because of insecurity. I mean, I can get it in my own life. You know, I remember growing up just being super insecure about who I was. My dad left, you know, we left my dad when I was 12. All kind of drama in my life. But we have the sense of this dogmatic demeanor. And so someone sits and wants to mentor you or you want to mentor somebody versus coming off you with humility, you want to have it all together. So in you discipling someone, you want to have all the answers and have it all together, even though you don't, which will create lies. Right? Creates um, inauthenticity. It's not vulnerable. You are not Jesus. So it's okay. We already know that. He died 2,000 years ago. We know you ain't Jesus. So, so we're saying, no, be who you are. Be, have courage to say, I don't know. 